Hey, Chosen fam. Welcome to the Chosen Girl Tell Me About a Podcast. I'm Liz. And I'm Sarah. And we are two best friends coming together to learn more about God and how we are chosen in Him. Join us here every Tuesday as we dive into God's Word about topics we all face to ultimately seek truth. We would love if you would subscribe and rate this podcast. And be sure to check out the free resources at thechosengirl.com. Let's get this party started. Out of here. Get out of here. Relations complete. Wouldn't you think I'm a girl? A girl who has everything. Nope, it's not on. Okay. We're live. Yay! What you just heard was us testing our new mic. And I think it sounded great. I do too. <laughs> Is that conceited? We should name our mic Mike. Michael. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're freaks, but that's okay. Totally. Jesus freaks. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> DC talk. Yes, I'm like, how old is that song? Right. At least as old as us, right? Yeah. I met Toby Mac in the airport last year. Yeah, I remember about this time about last that. year. He was so kind. He like prayed with us and everything. What a dream. Well, I asked him if we could. But I mean, like, why would you be like, no? I wasn't going to say anything to him because I was like, you know, he's Toby Mac. Like, he had his, like, music people with him. Like, mm-hmm. they all had, like, guitars and stuff. And I was like, you know, I, just, I felt really led to talk to him. Like, of course, he's mm-hmm. Toby Mac. But, like, you know, I was like, he don't need that. He's at the airport. We made eye contact, and he looked at me like, I know you know who I am. And I was like, hey, I know you're Toby Mac. And he was like, <laughs> hey, girl, what's your name? And he was so kind and down to earth. Can't say enough good things about him. I love that. I know. Don't you love meeting people that you already, like, admire? Yes. And then they, are, they live up to the hype that you've built them up to in your mind. Totally. But I'm also, like, when I'm, I've met a couple of famous people, or a handful, but if I meet someone and they're not in the mood, I totally get it. Because I'm mm-hmm. like, they get this all the time. Like, I can't imagine going somewhere and being known by everyone in the room. True. Like, everyone knows who you are. See, I never meet famous people. I'd say that back. I have. I've met a handful as well, now that I think yeah. about it. But it's always just like, hey, how are you? And just like, normal people. Yeah. You know? Because whenever we got out of town, and people, like, you know, you're small talking with people, like, at a pool or by the beach or in the elevator, and they're like, where are you from? And we're like, oh, we're from near Nashville. Mm-hmm. Every time, they're like, have you met anybody that's famous? Really? That, yes. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Who have you met? Um, I've met Thomas Red a few times. Oh, so kind. Oh my gosh, he's literally so nice. Yeah. Um, and I've met no, no, no. I almost met Hayden Panettiere. We're, she was at Michael's. <gasps> I love her. And she was not here. You for mean like it. the craft store? Yes. Oh, I love her. Even yeah, more she was. Now. Behind, she was in front of me in line, but she was not here for talking. I understand. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. Um, and I really at the moment can't think of anyone else. I loved her on the show people. Nashville. Yeah, it's such a good show. It is a good show. I don't know how we got off on this, but I know me either. Oh well, welcome guys. We're so glad that we're back. Yes, <laughs> I hope you enjoyed last week's episode with. Um, oh my Abigail gosh, and Lydia. I'm, why did my brain just go? I see their their beautiful faces. And oh my gosh, they're gorgeous. Don't you hate it when your brain does that? Yes, Abigail and Lydia. At least once a day. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they are so great, and we talked about being boss babes. Yes, and they are the just. 
absolute joys to be around for sure and so i hope if you haven't listened to that episode i highly recommend that you go back and hear the wisdom that they have to say about being a woman and being in leadership and running your own business and just being a boss and you know i think one of the most beautiful things about what they had to share was giving god the glory in all of it yes um and i think that's something that we can carry out in everything that we do totally Everything they said was so truthful, so well thought out. Mm -hmm. So honored to have them on the show. So I feel like it's been so long since it's just been straight up me and Liz talking to you guys. It has been. It's been like a month. I know, because we did, we had... um, Our relationship series. Our relationship series. Before that, we had Alexis on. Yeah. Talking about Famous Four for Mm -hmm. our September guest. Yeah. And then our our October guest Uh was Abigail and Lydia. Yeah. So it's been a whole, it's been like a full on, like, I think five, five weeks. Girl, yes. Yeah. So we're back. (laughs) Hey guys, hope you've missed us. (laughs) (laughs) But it's so good. And we're, we're coming back with a topic that we've already covered once before. In an Instagram live. Yes. So it's nowhere to be found in the internet verse. Yes. So we thought that we'd, we'd drop it here again because we felt like it was really important. And also it came out of, as a request, um, that we talk about race. Yeah. And so um, this has been a crazy year. It seems like everything has just come to a head. Yes. Like, you know, that pot of spaghetti boiling over. Like, that's where we've been at. And um, I think that we'd be remorse if we didn't actually put something more concrete, talking about the real life that's happening around us. Totally. And I think there is so much truth that needs to be spoken into something that is not a quote-unquote trend. Yeah. Like, this is not a hashtag. This is not um, a national day that we are paying homage to just because that's what everyone else is doing, posting a black square, even though that's that's fantastic, bringing awareness to mm-hmm. something. And honestly, it was really nice to be united in something that day. Yeah. Like, wow, we've all been so isolated, and now we're all kind of doing something together. Yeah. I'm referring to Blackout Tuesday on Instagram, if y'all don't know what I'm talking about. But, y'all, that was like back in, what, June? Yeah. Whoa. And I know. That's it's a like time. a time warp. Yes. But the thing is that a heart issue isn't just fixed overnight. No. And even just talking through it in this podcast isn't going to fix the posture of stereotypes and perceptions and the reality of how a lot of people react and think about this really, I don't know why it's so, I'm so simple-minded when I say I don't know why it's so, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, scandalous. Yeah. You know? Taboo. Taboo. Why is it so taboo? We don't want to talk about it because it's hard. I think it's really hard in Christian culture, too. Like, we're seeking out truth. Like, mm-hmm. a lot of my friends around me, they asked me, they were like, what does Black Lives Matter as a organization do? And mm-hmm. I'm like, that's a great question that you need to look up. Yeah. Like, I feel like our something I love about our generation is we're the Google it generation. We totally are. Like, we will find it out. Mm-hmm. And so, I feel... Like, more than any other generation now, our generation and under, which I guess we're considered millennials. We are, barely. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. But, um, yeah, we are. I, I take pride in that. I think yeah. we're very hardworking, um, ingenuitive people. We are. And because we're right there on the cusp, it's like we have millennial values, but with um, Generation Z tendencies. Yes. That's why we're addicted to TikTok. 
Absolutely. <laughs> it's like, we don't know what our spot is with TikTok, but we have it. That's and right. we look at it three hours a day. And that's all that matters. So, <laughs> <laughs> we may not post the Renegade, uh, or we may not have in June when that was actually a thing. Right. But um, we're here for it. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, we're going to look it up. Mm-hmm. We're going to get to the bottom of it. And I think yeah. that as we start to have children and raise a new generation, um, which is so scary, but I, th- that gives me so much hope Yeah, to think about, wow, the Christians that are in our generation today, they're going to raise up a people that's like, if you have a question, let's, let's check our hearts. Let's check our minds. Mm-hmm. Let's check... Let's let's check the facts and yeah. see what's going on. And I love about our generation that we believe in putting a purpose behind everything that we do. Yes. We want to put purpose behind our money, behind our actions, and even sometimes not go after. I feel like our gener- the generation before us or even our parents were like, follow the money because money is going to be security. And right. we're like, if we're going to do something, we want to make sure it's for the right reasons. Totally. And I think that's great. You know, that, you know generations kind of repeat themselves. You know, over time. Yes. Um, but we're getting to a... I'm really excited, actually, to see what our children are going to be like as we are a generation that's here for... And also, Generation Z, they are a different breed. I'm loving like, them. I love it so much. Just because for all the things that have happened, they're just like, yeah, this is... it. Okay, I'm not justifying this. But I was like, kind of shook when they were like, yeah, we go raid Area 51. And I was like, hold up. This is a whole new boldness. It so totally let's is. channel that for Jesus. Exactly. And let's go. <laughs> like, yes, that's a perfect word. They are so bold. Yes. So it's like you have a generation that is here for like, they are an organizer to move with the cause. And you have Generation Z that's coming beside them with the yes. boldness and honestly, like the audacity to go after like what they think is right. Yes. And I think that's a really unique combination and that we're living at a really unique time. Yes. I can't help but to think of the, the like, OG Hillsong song, Hosanna. Yeah. Where it's like, I see a generation rising up to take their place with selfless faith. Yes. I'm like, come on, y'all. Like, let's Ooh, go. Chills. Let us go. Mm-hmm. Like, let's go. I'm so excited about that. I love it. And so I'm so glad that we get to talk about how our generation and other generations are engaging with the whole topic of race and totally. the church. And why it's something that we shouldn't just categorize to... Because it's a buzzword. I feel like racism has almost become like a buzzword this year. I know. With all the things that have been going on. But it's not a new concept. And it's not a new word. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that we have to look at it through the lens of Christ. Yes. Through the Bible. Absolutely. It's really easy. Because that's... And we also must say that that's not how the world is looking at it right now. They're not trying to look at it through the lens of Jesus. It's more so through political eyes. Yes, and, and so, that's sad. Yeah, it is. This isn't about an agenda. This isn't about calling out controversy. This isn't to ruffle any of your feathers. No. This is to check our own hearts as Christ followers mm-hmm. and as Christ ambassadors. Yeah. And just having like a little checkup on how are we doing? Mm-hmm. What are we doing? And I feel like sometimes the whole like, how should I respond you know, what should I do in response to this? That gets intimidating. But if mm-hmm. you're following the principles of the Bible and the actions of Jesus you're trying to imitate in your own life, mm-hmm. then it's just going to come naturally. But yeah. we have to be proactive mm-hmm. in doing just that, y'all. Like, it sounds, Liz and I were talking about how the principles of Jesus sound so simple and practical yeah. when you're just reading them or even saying them out loud. Like, 
hey, we need to consider others. Like if someone feels differently than the way that you do and they feel sad or offended, we need to take time to listen to them. Yeah. And if we need to respond, then just do that. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wow, isn't that so easy? Why are we not doing it? Yeah. I need to understand. Sometimes it requires more than we're willing to give. Yeah. And that's real. That's real. But I think that there are times when we have to put to death some of the pride that we may have about if we feel that we may be more right or that we know all that there is to know about being in a certain situation. You know, I think it takes out really that pride of, well, I've done this or I've been through this, so I know what it feels like when every situation really is different. Yeah. And we haven't seen it all. But when we're, as Christians, I think it's important that we're aware of the issues that are happening in the world. Yes. And that to our non-Christian, like, people in in the world, how we're responding, not to be there to to shove the gospel down their throat, but to to allow them to be a human. Yes. I love that when Jesus interacts with all types of people across walks of life, that he never, the first thing he goes after isn't to, you know, call them out and, you know, make them feel shameful and all the things, but to approach them as a human. Yes. With love and compassion. Yes. And I think we need to do that too. I wrote down James two fifteen through 17. It says, what if a Christian doesn't have clothes or food? And if one of you says to him, goodbye, keep yourself warm and eat well. But if you don't give him what he needs, how does that help him? A faith that does not do things is a dead faith. Wow. So I'm like, if we're like, shoving, like you said, the gospel down their throat, but that's not even what they need in that moment, then they're never going to be receptive to listening to the gospel itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I heard someone say the other day, they were talking about, I think that I may have mentioned this. Maybe you said this, Liz. Am I a crazy person? Nah. I can't remember for the life of me. Um, But anyway, they were talking about asking a question of whether or not I should witness to this person at my workplace or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was all a question like, have you, you may not have talked to God about them, but maybe before you talk to God about them, you need to talk. Wait, you may have not talked to them about God, but have you talked to God about them first? Yeah. And so like just being intentional and mm-hmm. looking at the needs and then asking God, like, God, what would you have me do? Right. You know, Mm-hmm. It's very important. And if it's a, something as simple as meeting a need right then, yeah, like just being there for them, listening to them, giving them food or clothes if you're able to. Yeah. Like very practical. Oh, yeah. And I don't think it has to be. I know that this can be such a touchy subject, and I don't think it has to be so complicated. And, you know, as just as an African-American myself, I've gotten a lot of questions, especially a few months ago when it was first coming. They're like, well, what if I don't understand? Like, what if I ask the wrong question? It's just like, for me, the fact that someone is asking at all means something. Yeah. And I know that there have been some negative responses to people asking questions like, I'm not responsible for your education and all of this stuff. But I think it to show, you know, empathy and sympathy means a lot. Because I will will say, just from my own personal experience, um, I went to one of the rallies that was in Nashville. Yeah. And... It nearly brought me to tears because for for the first time in my entire life, there was a large group of people who collectively said, like, hey, like you you matter. Like you're you matter. The, yes. the lives of your future children matter. Absolutely. And I know that that sounds kind of crazy to like to me it sounds crazy like saying it, like, well, no one ever said that they didn't matter. But it's hard sometimes when the world around you makes you think otherwise. 
Yeah. Or, or has examples that make you assume otherwise. Right. And when did we, as a human race, become so rigid? Like, mm-hmm. if someone needs to be told that they matter, what does it matter if no one said, or what What does the response matter? Oh, no one said you didn't matter. Like, no offense to anyone who's ever said that, but if you just take that at face value, that sounds very smart, Alec. Mm-hmm. And honestly, very immature. It's an, it's not... I'm not... I'm sorry. I should not have used that wording, but like, when did we become so rigid in our Christianity that that's our response? Like, if I, if I say to you, Liz, I just need some affirmation in my life. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I, okay, so like I've always struggled with confidence, mm-hmm. like growing up. I don't, thank the Lord, I don't struggle with that anymore. But if I am 15 years old and say, hey, Liz, I'm really having trouble with my self-confidence. And you say, oh, well, no one ever told you that you weren't inadequate. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, that's true, but that doesn't discount how you feel. I feel mm-hmm. inside. Invalidates your feelings. Yeah. Yeah. And you would never say that to me as a friend. Right. Like you would never say... Well, you aren't inadequate. Who told you that? Like, mm-hmm. you would say, girl, I'm so sorry. What's going on? Mm-hmm. And we'd talk through it. Compassion. And that compassion, empathy plus sympathy, which we'll talk about more later, is is what makes progress. Yes. And shows love mm-hmm. in that situation. And one of the beautiful things is the things that we're talking about today, they don't just apply to the to the issue of racism but they apply to anything. Like people. Just like people this is how to people, guys. Yeah. <laughs> but we hated not to touch on this again. One, because you guys asked for it. But two, guys, like we are two 26 year old women. Mm-hmm. Liz is African American. I'm white. And I'm like, what a unique stance we have. We don't need to take this for granted mm-hmm. in speaking truth to this. Like, even when everything was so intense back in. Um, back earlier this year with with the media and just how intense everything became I don't know kind of into the light yeah not that it hasn't always been intense not that it hasn't always been bad but it was just kind of like light was shed on it on the media mm-hmm. with the power of social media like I was like Liz I'm gonna ask you these questions and if anything's not okay I want you to just tell me yeah and we just had like a real conversation about it and we actually did it with you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and at that time, you couldn't save um, Instagram lives to IGTV. And now mm-hmm. you can. I'm like, darn it. Yeah. Anyway. At least, yeah. A side note. That's okay. But, um, wow. <laughs> I'm so glad that we had that conversation. I'm glad that we're back again. I do, too. To kind of, like, touch on some of those things. Um, and I, I hope that between now and then, that for those of you who may have had questions that you either submitted or, like, or we're wondering about things, have had some time to do some research, yes. to, to ask friends questions, or if you are another African-American person, to, like, to shed some light for your, um, like, for, for your other friends that are just wondering what it feels like. For sure. And kind of what's going on, you know. And I think whenever we had that initial conversation, Sarah, like, there were some fears that I had that I don't think that you'd realize that maybe I'd had. Right. And I know the one that we just talked about a few minutes ago before starting the pod was... Just like the the rules, the list of rules always yes. comes to the forefront of my mind, especially as growing up with four older brothers, you know, 
here are the things that you that are appropriate. Here are the things that are not appropriate for you to do yes. as a black person, not just as a person, but as a black person. And here are the things that you do to protect yourself. And um, I was having another conversation with a friend, and I thought to myself, like, have I ever had a moment where I didn't think about some of those rules, really, when it came to certain situations? Like, it's always something that is ongoing. Like, is right. this appropriate? And it also sometimes creates a lot of doubt and sometimes even fear like it can I do this should I do this will I be perceived as this if I do this and because sometimes those perceptions that other people have had have had a direct impact on the lives of African Americans and other people of color that's why it sometimes transfers into a fear yeah because there were actions behind those perceptions and that's what that's afraid like I don't want to have to tell my children all the rules like no, you can't go running. Yes, whenever you get pulled over, this is how you need to behave. And I know that it sounds like, oh, well, why are you teaching your kids to be afraid of police? But it's sometimes it's hard not to when you see people who look like you go through things that don't really make sense. Yeah. When you remove the thing that makes you different. Yeah. So do you mind if I ask you to the person who is listening who has trouble understanding mm-hmm this perspective of white privilege. Yeah. How would you explain that with your life experience? Oh. I did well, not ask her. Or I did not tell I'm like, her. I'm trying to think through it. When I initially think of white privilege, it's it's not it's not that you ever that we didn't have that we both didn't struggle or that right. we didn't have this or this. It's the little things that you don't think that matter. Yeah. Like, for example, this sounds so little, but to me, it it meant a lot. Never, I've never had a friend of mine that was white say that they felt like that they could not wear their natural hair, how it grew out of their head without either being perceived negatively or getting in trouble. Yeah. But for me... I remember when I, um, I was probably in element, I was in elementary school and my brother, I think was a senior. He was growing his fro out, his natural hair. And they told him that it was distracting and that his natural hair, he either needed to braid it or to shave it. Wow. Our school system said that. And I was like, that, that, that directly impacted me because it made me afraid of wearing my natural hair. Yeah. I'm now You're like, am I going to get in trouble? Well, it's just like. It's uh, is it unprofessional? Is it not appropriate? Am I going to get in trouble? Are they going to tell me I need to braid it if I stop relaxing my hair? So for years I relaxed my hair, and I think that I see some of that even from my mom's generation of like she keeps her hair not not now she's now cut it into a nice little fro and it's she super looks cute. So cute it's so oh cute gosh. but she was always like well, I would just get my hair blown out even this has been like within the year and she's like I just don't feel like it's as neat. If it's just like, if it's not straightened, either yeah. chemically or like heat wise. Yeah. And so I've come to love my hair, but I haven't always had that. And that's something that's like, it's a privilege to never have to think about your natural hair being inappropriate. Right. It's a privilege to never think that the names that are very common amongst like white Americans might be perceived as a bad thing on a job application. Yeah. I'm like, I have a very common name, but I have family members who name their children differently because they were afraid that they'd be discriminated against on paper. Wow. And that's something, just to clarify, like, I'm a white woman. That is something I will never have to worry about. 
pretty much. Yeah. So, like, when I used to hear the term white privilege, I honestly thought that that was just, like, a rich white person. Mm. Like, I just kind of took it for its face value. I had no idea what it meant, literally, until 2020. Like, I was, like, a few months ago, I was like, <laughs> I was today years old. Yeah. Because <laughs> I didn't realize. But it's just the systematic stereotypes and perceptions from years and years and years that even boil down to, like, if you guys look it up, it's crazy. Like, with the way that roads were paved with the way that towns were constructed that try to um not not even that purposefully try to but just with perceptions and stereotypes that have been passed down from generations to generations especially here at the, in the south where literally less than 2 centuries ago slavery was prominent yeah um crazy town mm-hmm. like that's so cra- you think of that happening like 500 years ago you're like no girl that was like 200 years ago. And I even think about, you know, um, you, you watch movies and read books like the help Mm -hmm. and, and white, um, elite families having an African American nanny. Um, Mm -hmm. that was like some of our parents. Yeah. Like that's not that, that long ago. So it's all of these things that go into, you know what? Liz is afraid to do her hair or not afraid. Is that an okay word? I don't know. Liz is, Liz is putting too much energy and thought and yeah. fear into how she does her hair because, or how, what her family names their children because it's going to affect them negatively because of horrible stereotypes that are yeah. passed down. And I'm thankful that I, I would like to believe that those aren't necessarily things that I have to be, you know, as fearful of or cognizant of now, but as much as they were, you know, 20 years ago. Right. And I'm glad that we are progressing, but the reality is that these are things that have been passed down. And a friend of mine sent me a, a picture of um, Little Rock High School, Central High School, you know, yeah. where they, the first segregated school. Yes. And they're like, the little girl who went to that school is now just 65, younger than my, the, younger than both of my parents. Younger than, yeah. But the reality is, is that my dad grew up in Arkansas and his, when he first started going to school, it was segregated. Yeah. That's a one generation. And it's so hard because I'm like, my, like, my family is, okay, they've, like, a long, a lot of long-living people. Yeah. So, like, my grandmother was born parents, in 1920. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, my grandmother was born in 1920. Yeah, yeah. Like, she didn't have the right to vote. She didn't have equal access to education. Crazy. She didn't have, like, probably rights to buy property by herself. Like, all these things. And to think that that's my grandmother. And I, they, she didn't always have that right. And now I am a 26-year-old woman who owns property, who's gotten multiple degrees, who, like, who is a leader in my field and, like, all these things. But that's, it's hard sometimes because others don't realize that that's, that's something that they always had access to. And that's not something that my, my family has always had access to, even within our three generations. Right. And earlier, I wasn't trying to, like, tell your, retell your story for you. It just blew my mind from my point of Mm -hmm. view like, it makes my heart hurt that you, as my friend, even have to think about what you tell your sons and how you raise them to live in society mm-hmm. versus how I tell them. Yeah. Versus how I tell mine. Yeah. It's scary. And that's not fair. I mean, I would. I wish I could say that, you know, those negative things have never happened to, like, my family members, my, my cousins or my brothers. Yeah. Especially, like, my, my the men in my family. But it has, 
being called inappropriate names to their faces, being told that they're not welcome at friends' houses because their father doesn't believe in this, or all the way to being searched out of a vehicle because you're the only black person in the car. These are real life things that have happened. And I don't think we can deny those. Yeah. But I think at the end of the day, you know, all these, we bring up all these points and things that have either happened personally or hypothetically, or that have known to happen. Um, I think that we, as Christians and as a, as followers of Christ, that we're just called to tackle them with, through the lens of Christ, with love, with compassion, empathy, truth, grace, all the things. Yes. And I think that we, it's so easy to follow suit with the world. Yes. But that we're not made for this world and we're not, we're not meant to follow it anyways. Um, but we mentioned earlier the differences between empathy and sympathy. Yes. Would you like to share a little bit about that? I would love that. I would love that. (laughs) So empathy is a term that is used, like the actual definition of empathy is the ability to understand and share the feelings of another. So empathy is understanding. Empathy is acknowledging the feelings of another. Sympathy is the ability to take part in their feelings Mm -hmm. with them. Um, So I think that as Christians, we need to, Try to have both. Yeah. So, like, I think it all starts with empathy. Mm -hmm. One, being willing to understand. Mm -hmm. So, literally, like, one of the oldest cliches that rings so true, like, putting yourself in someone else's shoes. Mm -hmm. That's empathy. Yeah. Sympathy is putting yourself in their shoes and feeling good or bad about how comfy or not comfy they are. Yeah, it's like, my heart's broken because your heart is broken. Exactly. The other one is like, I'm sorry. Wow, your heart is broken. I'm so sorry that your heart is broken. Like acknowledging that. Right. And I think that if we can even just start with empathy, even if you don't have the heart space or the mind space, like that is that is fine. You, we're all going through different things. We're all in different seasons. But if at least you can start by trying to understand, mm-hmm. and then your heart will kind of follow with trying to sympathize with that person as well. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know, one of the things that I... um wrote down in my notes is that if when someone is hurting, are you more concerned with why someone is hurting or that the person who is hurting? Yes. And I think it's really important that we're mindful of that. We are, we are people focused as we are, we are um, soldiers of like the Lord's army. Like we're out to do his work Yes, and he cares for the people. Yes. And so we need to meet people where they are. And if they are hurting, we need to go to them. And I know that, I know that sometimes going after, well, the what matters because then we can stop it. But if you're not make, taking actions to actually recognize what maybe may have hurt or caused the harm and then putting a stop to it, or you're not doing either one of those things or caring about the person, then it's like, who are you focused on? Right. Are you trying to feel something for yourself or something? And there are times in, when we can have selfish motive, selfish motivations behind it. Um, and I think it's important that we're always checking our heart, like, why do I feel this way? Why am I, even when it comes to supporting, like, why do I support Black Lives Matter? Yeah. It's okay to ask yourself those questions, and it's also okay if you don't know the answer. Yeah. We have we have cell phones. You're probably listening to this on a cell phone. You can always educate yourself and look up examples. If you have a person in your life that's a person of color, like, you can ask them questions to understand more, yes. you know, about their experiences and, you know, real-life situations I think we get into a dangerous place when we stop imagining 
that people who aren't don't share our experiences aren't as human as us. Wow. Yeah. And that's just keeping our blinders up or really just holding a mirror in front of our face all the time, just looking at our own can be comfortable. problems. Because yeah. um, I wrote down, um, in all caps, because I like went off on myself in my notes, y'all. <laughs> I put, when it's us needing empathy, it hits different. Yeah. Like when it's our own burdens, we're so good at justifying those. Mm-hmm. But in Galatians 6, 2, and 3, it says, share in each other's burdens. Mm-hmm. And in this way, you obey the law of Christ. Yeah. Like, that's important. Like, mm-hmm. I won't be obeying the law of Christ. If you think you're too important to help someone, Paul's mm-hmm. hitting it hard right here. You are only fooling yourself. You are not that important. Yeah. That is in the word of God. <laughs> Paul was a savage, and we know it. You know Paul wrote that in all caps. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. You, like, you know those TikTok, we were just talking about this, with the comments, with, like, the emoji with them writing the pencil. It's like, <laughs> you are not yes. important. That's what Paul wrote. Yeah. <laughs> and he wasn't afraid to say it. Yeah. But we all need that reminder. Like, we're not here for ourselves. We are literally here for God and others. Yeah. Like, that's why we were made. Mm-hmm. Is to be that like if we're Christ ambassadors, the last thing it's about is, is us. No. And of course, yeah. our struggles matter, our cares matter. But guess what? Mm-hmm. God ain't asking us to carry him. Mm-mm. He's like, honey, give those to me, and then you can look to others. Yeah. And you know, on that same front, I think it's important that it's not our job either to deem what um, what God cares about or what is worthy of God's attention. Yes. If if someone is hurting, that's enough. Yes. To take it to the Lord. It's okay whether it it doesn't matter if you think that they're worthy of the love that God's prepared to give yes. or the grace that he's prepared to give, the mercy he's prepared to give or not, because he's prepared to give it and it's our job to help take those people to yes. Christ. Yes. It's not our job to even we don't I, have to sift through it. Yeah, we don't have to completely understand it. We need to try to understand it. But I just wrote down if someone has if someone is offended and has an issue, we need to do our best to listen mm-hmm. to them and care for them and show compassion to them, even if we don't see the issue. Yeah. So I was listening to oh I'm so sorry, I was listening to a podcast this week about a p- particular personality disorder. It was mm-hmm. the Henry Cloud Boundaries Dot Me podcast, and. It it was a lot like narcissism, like um, like it. A lot of people call in about narcissists, and I'm like, man, this society that we have created just like feeds that. So I googled a little bit about narcissism, and um, it was another personality disorder called borderline disorder, mm-hmm. and um, there was commentary on saying. The most Googled things about those are how to handle a narcissist or how to handle a person with um, borderline disorder. When they said what we need to be doing is, and they were talking about in reference to these particular things, how to care for mm-hmm. someone with mm-hmm. these personality disorders. Yeah. And I'm not even sure if narcissism is classified as a personality disorder. But anyway, I thought, man... Mm. How good would it be if our vocabulary shift shifts from how do I handle racism in America to how do I care for it? Yeah. Like, instead of how do I handle a person who's offended, how do I care for someone who's offended? Mm-hmm. Yeah, lead with compassion. Yeah, exactly. So, like, if we can just, like, switch our mindset to that of 
what would Jesus ask? What would he do in this situation from how do I handle it to how do I care for? Mm-hmm. Like, that's huge. Yeah. Like, that's two completely different avenues that you can take. Because mm-hmm. when I think of handle, I think of aggression. I think of sweeping things under the rug for some reason. Like, I'm just handling it. Like, just handle it. But if I, ca- like, think of this. Handling a baby versus caring, caring for, for a baby. It's very different. Two completely different connotations. I, okay, I want to bring something up that Do I didn't it. ask you about. Do it. On the day that this, this podcast is dropping, it's election day. <laughs> How do we move from handling the results, whether you are in favor or disapprove or disfavor, to caring? Yeah. I mean, in my in my opinion, I'm like, regardless of who's in the White House or who's in the House or the the um, Senate or even the Supreme Court now. Yeah. I think it's important that we're praying for our leaders and remembering that God's sovereign over all. Yes. Nothing on this earth is happening like beknownst to him and that your charge as an individual hasn't changed just because someone else is in leadership. You know what I just thought of, Liz? When we use the vocabulary, how do I handle this? Mm -hmm. That means that that assumes that you have the control. Mm-hmm. But saying care for, yeah. you're being a servant. Yeah. So you, it's it's an us issue. How do I handle people who don't believe the same way that I do politically? You don't handle them. You care for them. Mm-hmm. How do I handle the results of this election? You don't handle it. You care for your leaders by praying for them. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a whole paradigm shift, literally being switched from flesh to spirit. Because flesh is like... How do I handle this? Because if you're handling it, you're just wanting to handle it to be in your favor. That's all that you're thinking about is yourself. It's the control so that you can make your environment the best one for you. But if you're caring for it, you're shedding your pride. Mm -hmm. You're shedding your ego. You're getting down on your knees. You're being grateful. And you are saying, how can I help? Yeah. Because no matter whatever, whatever's going to happen is going to happen mm-hmm. in your life in general. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not even talking about political things now. But if we approach that with how do I handle it, I feel like that is completely closed fist to mm-hmm. the situation. And if you say, how do I care for it? You're opening your hands yeah. to let God actually work. Yeah. To to want control of everything is to tr- put more trust and faith in yourself than God. Yes. And sometimes that's hard. I have to tell myself that. That, like, you need to chill. Like, girl, yes. You need to give this to God. Your frustrations, your worries, your cares. Like, give it all to God. Yes. Why are you trying to control it? Right. It's just like trying to touch anything with paint covered hands gets paint everywhere. You can't do it. You can't do it. Well, like, also listening to the Henry Cloud podcast. Can y'all tell I've been binging on that? It's boundaries.me <laughs> if you need if you need some good uh podcasting content other than Chosen Girl. <laughs> um talking about underneath our control is frustration. Mm-hmm. Like if you take a like we can't control everything, therefore when we can't, we're just frustrated. Yeah. So that's a heart issue. That's something that we've got to work out ourselves. Or fear. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's not good. Oh Fear does not need to be our life motivation. No, no, not at all. And I think I, I think we can all find ourselves in that situation with all the things that are happening in this world. Yes. No one prepared us to go through a pandemic, through all of the I don't I guess the 
racially motivated movements that are going through our nation yeah. right now. It just kind of hit us at an on top, one on top of the other, and it's all been so wild. And on top of an election year, and this is happening, and yes. everything seems so polarized. Oh, I'm so but sorry, the last- everyone. <laughs> wow. But the last people that should be polarized are Christian family. Yes. The body of Christ should not be pulling at odds with each other. Right. It should be mobilizing. Yes. To, sh- to put the truth of God Isn't into our so world. Isn't it so obvious that Satan wants division? Oh, yeah. Isn't it so obvious? Like, are we so dumb, guys, as Christians? Like, excuse me, I'm stepping on top of that soapbox. (laughs) Are we so dumb to not realize that when we verbalize such harsh assumptions about politics, about race, about riots, about anything, about denomination, Mm -hmm. about doctrine, crap, about freaking injections. I mm-hmm. don't know what are the what do the kids get now? Um vaccine. Vaccine injections. <laughs> what is that? I mean, you're close. So <laughs> everyone is so quick yeah. to be like this is what I believe and I'm going to let everybody know it. To where people know more about how you feel about the political climate and about race riots and about vaccines than they do about the love that you have for Jesus. Yeah. What if, okay, just, I'm sweating. Let's just, just fantasize with me. What if every, every politically charged comment or anything that's been posted online, let's just say even just on Facebook, instead was about God? What if it was all about the Word of God? What if it was about the gospel of Jesus Christ? What would our world look like? Wow. Because right now, I, you've used this analogy before. If we're all in a music or in a gymnasium museum, wow, <laughs> what's that? If we're all in a gymnasium and there are three hundred people in the stands and there are twelve people in the middle clanging on drums, but the three hundred people are so, are even just talking in a murmur, mm-hmm. you're going to hear the drums so much louder. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly how I feel like Christian culture and social media is right now, mm-hmm. and. Guys, like, we need to be spreading, like, we don't mean to sound like Christian hippies that we are here, but we got to be spreading the gospel right now. We've got to put out there, hey, no matter who you're voting for, pray for your leaders. Hey, no matter what race you are, we're praying for you. Like, Mm -hmm. if you, I mean, everybody is so quick to assume that I, I feel so bad that even, like, I'm just being real here. You saying that you went to one of the, um, did you just say that you went to one of the protests right. yeah. in mm-hmm. Nashville? Like, people right now in this world have an assumption about that. Mm-hmm. That it was horrible, or that it was violent, or mm-hmm. that it was destroying property, mm-hmm. or whatever. And people have assumptions that if you're voting on a democratic side that you are going, you hate children because of abortion or people assume that when you vote on a Republican or Republican side, that you're a white supremacist. Y'all, I, this has got to stop. It really does. I didn't even mean to bring all this up, but like we got to get back to the basics of how do we treat people and what are you trying to prove with being so loud? Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm probably preaching to the choir here, and I probably need to edit all of this out. <laughs> but this helped you holla at your girl. Yeah. Like, I'm just so ready for a generation to rise up, like, 
like I said before in that song, Hosanna, like I see a generation rising up to take their place with selfless faith. Yeah. That can be us. We make the choice it every day. It starts one person at a time. Yeah. One post at a time. One reaching out to a friend at a time. One shutting down a toxic conversation mm-hmm. at a time. Ask your friends questions that are struggling right now, that are a different race than you. Don't don't let your fear that it could be perceived negatively stop you for ask, from asking a question. Because for me, it was so nice for once for someone to actually care. Especially about, like, when with the race, racially, like, motivated questions and things like that. They're just like, well, what happens? And it's like, no one's ever asked me. No one's cared enough to ask. Yeah. It probably means more than you actually think. Yeah. But even if you get a negative response, and I hope that you don't, please don't let that st- stop you from educating At yourself. At least you tried. Yeah. Ask, ask somebody ask, different. Yes. And, and I think that daily we need to ask the Lord, like, shed light on the dark spots in my thinking. Break my heart for what breaks yours. Break my heart for what breaks yours. We're going to link this song, Jesus, Friend of Sinners, by Casting Crowns, because mm-hmm. we just need to have that on repeat. Yes. Amen. I really, guys, y'all know I don't get fiery, but so sorry. About, sorry, not sorry <laughs> about be that. Sorry. Because I'm just so ready for people to see Jesus in us. Mm-hmm. And we're not always going to get it right. And mm-hmm. that's okay. We're going to mess up. And in those times, we can say, sorry, guys, I wasn't okay. Mm-hmm. Like, that was not okay. Yeah. But we're just asking, we're actually going to post on our Instagram today, a day of prayer for praying for our leaders nationally, yeah. locally, because that's what we're commanded to do, mm-hmm. whether we like them, whether we don't like it them. It doesn't cost you anything, but just a little bit of time. Yes. Stop playing. And we some already pride. Know you, yes, and some pride. Put your pride to death. We're like, we are, look, we already know you scrolling, because we're scrolling too. And yes. we can take five minutes out of that scrolling to just be like, God, like, uh, let me, I want to spend some time with you and praying for our leaders. Yes. And you know, just another thing too, you, you just might be in their shoes one day. It's not impossible. Liz will be actually. <laughs> they don't want me, President girl. <laughs> 40, uh, or 2042 or whatever. Right? Yeah. I don't know. But I would certainly hope that if I were in their shoes, that someone would be praying for me. If being prayed for could be like a love language, that would be my love language. But it's definitely, and I will call myself out, I need to do that more. I do too, girl. I need to pray for our leaders more. And I hope that you all will will join in with us in doing that as well. For sure. We hope that you, by this little refresher of what we have spoken on previously, have opened your eyes to a new perspective, not only racially, but just in humanity. If people believe different than you, if people are offended different than you, if people hurt different than you, their hurt matters just as much as your hurt. Mm -hmm. And we're not called to try to figure it out, but we're called to love them. Mm -hmm. And maybe if we can understand a little bit, that'll help us along the way. Yeah. There's so there's two things that I want to mention before we wrap up. Yeah. The first thing was that um, just bring it all back to Jesus. Absolutely. Let all your actions, let all the words that flow from your mouth point back to the Lord. Yes. And the second thing is we mentioned Jesus front of sinners, which we were having a little jam sesh before we started recording, but the final verse in that just hit me so different today. And it's a grateful leper at your feet. We can be the most suffer. We can suffer the most out of anybody. I know that in America, we're probably not suffering more than other people in this world, Absolutely, but you could be suffering 
And still, we beg of you, like, continue to fall down at the feet of Jesus. Yes. Even if he hasn't healed you. He didn't say a former leper. He said he is a leper. A grateful leper. Grateful. Grateful just to be at the feet of Jesus. Yes. We have that opportunity daily. And I certainly hope that you'll take it, like, that you will take that seriously and not take it for granted. Yes. And guys, we have access to have that posture of gratitude every day through Mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit. We can cry out to God who, like, y'all, don't get me shouting out. We we are serving the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. And even though we're under the also the, the worldly jurisdiction of the United States of America, local governments, like, guys, we have access to talk to the God of the universe wow. through His Holy Spirit at any point in time. And we take that gift for granted so often. Yeah. And I'm just so grateful for that today and, and especially this year. Yeah. So if you're uneasy today about everything, (laughs) whether it be nationally or even just in your own personal life, family, friends, relationships, Mm -hmm. cry out to him. He's the Prince of Peace. He Mm -hmm. wants to give you unmatched joy. Yes. He wants to let your cup run over. Mm -hmm. Just have a posture of gratitude and openness to him today. Amen. Girl, that's good. I'm pumped up, girl. Me too. I'm like, look, y'all got me so excited. I'm like, I can't wait to talk to Jesus on my ride home. Yes. Yes. Just have some time with him today, guys. He's got us in his hands. That's it. Yes. That's a wrap. I apologize again for me sweating on y'all. No, I'm just kidding. Thank y'all for letting this be a platform for us to even have a voice in that. Yeah. Even if even if I get ranty sometimes, it's Maybe. for the Lord. We're, we're not here to we're not here to to judge you, shame, make you feel shameful no. or anything like that. But just I'm convicted. If, yeah, we're just here to show to show the love of God, to share His truth. Yeah, and I pray that you all feel confident in going out into the world and doing so. Absolutely, absolutely. This is a safe place for you guys. I hope that you guys know that. No matter what spectrum you're on, we love you. Mm-hmm. God loves you. Yes, we're here for each other. Yep. And we're just all trying to make it. Amen. (laughs) We'll see you next week. Bye, guys. That's it for today, fam. Thank you so much for listening. And make sure to rate and subscribe. And don't forget to visit us on Instagram at Chosen Girls Movement or on our website to see our merch and free resources. And meet us back here next Tuesday.